Welcome to Pop Culture Rx, part of Hackensack Meridian Health's award-winning podcast. Pop Culture Rx is where we sit down with a medical expert and talk through various health-related topics circulating in today's media. In our discussions, you'll hear from a variety of professionals sharing insight and advice on these newsworthy conditions. This is Pop Culture Rx. Like most of America, I spent the last few weeks watching the Gabby Petito case very closely. And if you didn't know, it's the 22-year-old who left home in a van with her boyfriend in aspirations of seeing America. Well, the story didn't end well. As on September 19, 2021, Gabby's body was found dead in a national park in Wyoming. Of course, we don't know yet if he was the one who murdered Gabby or if there is any type of abuse in their relationship. But we do know that intimate partner violence and domestic abuse is an issue in our country and something that we don't always talk about. I'm back again with Dr. Gary Small, a behavioral health physician and chief and psychiatrist with Hackensack University Medical Center to talk through kind of this pandemic within a pandemic. Thanks for being with us, Dr. Small. Glad to be here. Have you been following the case? I have. And, you know, it just really blows my mind on something that's so innocent turned into something so tragic. So let's start from the beginning. There are obviously different forms of domestic abuse, physical being the one most thought of. Are there any other forms? Well, abuse can take many forms. It can be emotional. It can be sexual. There could be threats of abuse. So anytime you've got a victim and a victimizer, there's an opportunity for abuse. And, you know, we were talking about, before we started recording, we were talking about how many cases there are like this and how many times you know this has happened and has become a news story in our country and actually before we started recording i mentioned how in college you know all of us girls we were, we were a big group there's like 20 of us um how in college we would always have our bus buddy and that would be the person that you left with or you you were with that was like the person you were accountable for when you went out to the bars that you made sure you never left them alone and i think that's such an important factor in today's world and also a scary point that we have to you know we can't be alone anywhere anymore well yes there are these are dangerous times and you know i think back when i was a kid uh we would keep our front doors unlocked and the kids would play outside. Uh, but over the years, then people started having alarms on their house and we were much more vigilant. And yes, you've got to be smart. You've got to be safe. You've got to watch yourself. Uh, and that will help you avoid getting into trouble. But a lot of the abuse is insidious and it occurs in intimate relationships. So you may strike up relationship with somebody and not realize there's that potential for abuse because they may be very charming and you may get along great but when the dynamic changes and perhaps uh, there's a change in the balance of power in the relationship things can start going south especially if you have a dyad where there's a personality relationship where there's uh, one person who's more passive another one who's more aggressive, 
and has some anger management issues. So you mentioned, you know, a change in personality. And so I would categorize those as red flags in a, in a partner. What are, are some of those, you know, red flags that, that someone should look out for? Well, I think uh, one, the, the first one that comes to mind, if you have a partner who tends to be jealous, it seems that uh, those who are jealous, uh, I mean, where do those thoughts come from? And a lot of times it's because they're having their own thoughts of being uh, of infidelity mm -hmm. and they're projecting it onto the other person. So that's, that can be a red flag. If that, I mean, certainly a certain amount of jealousy is normal in any relationship, uh, but if it's a healthy relationship, you get beyond it. But if that becomes problematic and you see the person uh, changing in, in their level of anger and hostility, that can be a warning sign. You know, possessiveness would be on the same uh, spectrum there. Alcohol and drugs contribute quite a bit. And you see a lot of people uh, where their personalities change very much when they're un under the influence of alcohol. They become more angry and aggressive. And this, this is a problem because it sets up a pattern when uh, the abuser sobers up, that person tends to be apologetic and remorseful. And uh, the person who's abused stays in the relationship. Yeah, I, I would like to also just interject because I know there are a ton of red flags that you probably want to share. But you mentioned abuser, and I, I wanted to make sure that, that we realize that abuser doesn't mean necessarily violence, that it could mean you know, emotional abuse or, or sexual abuse or, or gaslighting your partner. Um, in, in different forms. So, so I like, feel like a lot of people think, you know, oh, domestic violence it's, or domestic abuse, that that person is hitting someone or, you know, putting his hands on someone, that it could be a number of other ways that that someone is, is not the right person for you. Yeah, they could put you down, diminish you. Uh, and a lot of these uh, individuals are very good at it. They, f they understand or they learn quickly what your weakness is. And uh, it may fit in with your own insecurities about yourself. So you think, oh, they've got to be right. And that's probably continues that cycle of chronic abuse over time that can escalate. I mean, other, other red flags can be uh, when the person gets upset, they might pound their fist or kick the wall, uh, that kind of impulsive uh, physical lashing out. Uh, the next step will be not just lashing out at a wall, but uh, slapping or pushing or choking the partner. Mm -hmm. There are so many different things when it comes to, to finding a partner and, and being with someone. And I know it's always hard to see all of these red flags. But do you think the partner themselves that the, is the quote-unquote abuser um, realizes that they're doing this sort of thing or that it's really just absentmindedly? It varies depending on the individual. I mean, a lot of these people are well aware of what they do, and they don't really care. They're, they're more on the sociopathic spectrum where they have very little empathy for others, and they're manipulative. Others are aware of it, and they do feel remorseful, particularly uh, those that uh, have a change in personality when they're under the influence of alcohol or drugs. When they sober up, they're 
you know, there'll be flowers and apologies. Uh, but, you know, the pattern continues and often escalates. And there can be something that changes in the relationship. There may be a new baby in the family, or there may be uh, a new job or other stressors that uh, bring out the abusive patterns. I feel like it's almost those traumatic events that you know we've mentioned before that, that bring out those different mood disorders. It's very difficult for the person uh, who's abused because uh, the, the aggressor tends to hide the behavior from others. So the police may be called and, uh, you know, as, as we saw in the recent case, mm-hmm. uh, gee, it was uh, her fault. She provoked him or she slapped him first. And, and that's so sad. And it just, uh, it makes the person who's abused uh, afraid and ashamed of reaching out for help. And also there can be threats. If you go to the police or if you tell your friends, I'm really going to go after you and I'm going to tell everyone your secrets and, and humiliate you in public. Yeah, and, and you hear that so often that that a lot of times the abuser is afraid to, to leave the abuse. You know, they've realized that this is happening, but they're afraid to leave. And I think that's a, it must be so tough to be in that situation. It's difficult, but, uh, you know, seeing a professional, getting help from friends and family can make a huge difference. Getting that kind of support to get perspective on what's going on so that the pattern can be broken. And it is possible to uh, protect yourself against the abuser. It is possible to make a break and move on with your life. It can be difficult disentangling yourself from a person like that. But it's, sometimes it's life-saving. And I wanted to kind of switch gears because in today's world with all of these dating apps and, and you know, now being the place where you meet people, is there any way to tell through you know, an app or a phone that this person might have some red flags that you might want to be aware of? You know, I think it's difficult sometimes. Uh, some of the red flags I mentioned uh, that the person tends to uh, get jealous and possessive. That may come up very early. Yeah, too Um, much texting, as in they're constantly on your phone and you constantly have to answer them. And I think also, you know, we all have uh, sort of an emotional radar about people. So I think it's important to trust your instincts. How does this person make you feel when you talk with them or text them? do you feel like something is off? So follow your instincts about that. And again, it may be uh, insidious. You may not notice it at first, but when the relationship deepens or progresses, then you may see it. But you've got to be able to have some perspective. You may think this person is perfect on paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, how this is just a minor thing. You want to talk yourself out of these negative aspects. But Try to be sensible and and even talk with someone you trust about the pros and cons of this relationship if you're struggling with whether to move it forward or to get out while you can. Yeah, and and I'm happy that you mentioned talking to, to friends or family or someone that you trust because even being the friend is 
difficult to tell someone that, you know, hey, look, I know you like this person, but eh, I don't know. He or she is a little weird. And, you know, I think I would watch out for this. How do you, is there any guidance for the friend that's telling someone about the partner? I think you have to be diplomatic. And I've seen this often when couples are having difficulties. If you're diplomatic, you you won't take a strong stance because you think that maybe things are going south right now, but they may stay together. Mm-hmm. And if I say negative things about the partner, you know that's going to hurt our relationship in the future. But I think you you have to, you know, if you're a true friend, you'll share wh- how you feel, and you'll offer your perspective if you're asked about it. And even if you're not asked, if you see the warning signs yourself. You can pull your friend over and express your concern. And you can even suggest they see a third-party professional who doesn't have an agenda. Because one of the issues with friendship, you may have the best friend in the world, but friendship is a two-way street. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their agenda. When you see a mental health professional, the setup is they're getting paid (laughs) to help you. So they're putting their own agenda aside in the interests of the patient or the client. How does this person move forward? You mentioned that you, that there's different ways for, for them to get help and different ways for, for that person to kind of come out of that entanglement. You know, what would be, you know, the first step into to breaking free? Well, if, you know, the first step, of course, is recognizing there's a problem. Mm-hmm. So looking for those warning signs, um, you know, If you're threatened with physical violence, if you've already been hit, if your abuser apologizes, you know, promises to change, offers gifts, is remorseful, but the cycle keeps repeating itself, it's important to move on. You've got to create a safety plan. And you've got to, uh, you know, part of the reason that uh, people are reluctant to get out of these relationships, they're frightened of the retaliation that they're going to experience. So, you know, you can take precautions. You can, uh, you know, if if you're a woman who's being abused, you can, if you have to, get out, go to a a woman's shelter for their resources. Uh, Those who have suffered from domestic violence or hotlines, you can call for help. Pack an emergency bag in advance. So get out so you don't so you're out of harm's way when you leave because if the abuser s- witnesses you leaving, they'll just escalate mm-hmm. and it could be a very dangerous situation. And if you have a plan in place, you know where you can go where it's going to be safe. And then once you're out, you know, be cautious there too. You, you're probably going to need to get some legal help. Uh, you want to be careful using your phone and your devices because tech-savvy abusers will find you and uh, torment you. Um, They can even uh, place GPS devices on your vehicle. Change your email passwords. uh, Clear your viewing history. So it's it's really a process of finding people who will help you out, getting some therapy, but creating a safety net so that you feel secure and you can get out of harm's way. I think a theme that that I picked up on while you were going through kind of that list of things is really 
you know, separation and letting yourself cool off almost and letting the the abuser cool off and creating kind of a kind of a boundary between both of you to okay you know things need to stop and we need to separate well that's so important because that's the only way to get some perspective because this person if you're in close proximity they have sort of mental control over you uh it's you know we've seen it uh uh, to the extreme where uh, people have been kidnapped and they identify with the aggressor. I mean, Patty Hearst became yeah. a terrorist herself. And it isn't until you can separate from that kind of mental influence that you can gain perspective, realize there's a life beyond the abusive relationship, uh, and, and to kind of get some, some way to make your life safe again. Yeah, and, and you mentioned prior, you know, setting up a plan and and kind of creating boundaries. What is some way that we could maybe set up boundaries before, you know, it gets that far? So creating healthy boundaries to kind of prevent any of that abuse within your relationship. Well, you know, without extreme abuse, uh, even healthy relationships can be abusive at times. And so, you know, it's a great question. And how how does one do that? Uh, You know, I've helped couples uh, in couples therapy, where they do set up boundaries. You know, maybe uh, one partner is a screamer. <laughs> and, you know, so there's no physical abuse, but when that person gets upset, you know, I can, I can think of a, you know, a couple I, I dealt with years ago where, you know, the, the wife grew up in a family where uh, to be heard, the person with the loudest voice... <laughs> was heard. Everybody else was ignored. There were so many siblings. And that's how she learned to get attention uh, and to to deal with unhealthy feelings. The husband, he didn't like that at all. I mean, he was more in a, in a sort of an enmeshed family that he grew up in, but he found it very aggressive and very troubling. And so, you know, one thing uh, that I helped them with is when she feels like she's going to raise her voice Walk in the other room, cool off. You know, kind of like what you do with kids. Give them a time out. Yeah. And and come back and try to talk to them. Look for the underlying triggers to the aggression. And in any kind of uh, relationship, what works best is understanding what you bring to the plate. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not blaming the person who's abused, but so we all become victims sometimes, and we don't have to do that. And we can recognize those patterns. And so uh, you can help people understand what they're bringing to the divisiveness in the relationship. Try to understand what are the triggers to making one person angry and more aggressive and the other person perhaps withdrawing and being, becoming more passive, which can become passive aggressive, which is its own <laughs> form of aggression, which makes the more... Uh, outwardly aggressive person more upset so uh, you know admitting yes I understand when I withdraw that makes you upset and and saying that admitting your own contribution invites the other person to say I understand when I raise my voice that's troubling to you because you can't for just as, as we've said you can't force someone to get mental health help Mm -hmm. 
you can't force someone to change. You can change your own reaction. And if it's a generally healthy relationship, that may move the relationship in a better uh, place. You were talking about, you know, aggression. And something that's come up, I feel like, in in the news and the media has been gaslighting. It's kind of been a, a buzzword, I feel like, lately. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about gaslighting and, and what that even is. So if I remember correctly, there was um, an old film called Gaslight. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the term came up. And it's, it's basically uh, saying to someone, no, that's not true, when it is. So you're just, uh, you're, you're not admitting to the truth in the situation or the relationship. So you're basically lying to the person, making like there's nothing wrong. And you do it in such a convincing way that the other individual thinks, well, gee, I must be wrong then. He can't be unfaithful to me. I mean, he's, he's told me that many times. No, he's just going off with his buddies on the weekends. He's not uh, um, visiting some woman even though there's lipstick <laughs> on his <laughs> handkerchief and he has perfume on his shirt. So, you know, that's my understanding what gaslighting means. And it's very hurtful. It's a, a very aggressive thing. And it's, it's very disoriented, disorienting to the person who's being gaslit. Yeah, it's almost like, like setting yourself up for, for an argument, setting yourself up for, for a fight by yeah. you kind of being more passive about it. Yeah, I mean, the way to overcome that is uh, to try to step back and look at the reality. And if there are clear signs that your partner is not being truthful, you might need to, again, talk to a friend talk to a therapist, understand it. And if you want to try to work on the relationship, if it's not uh, a gaslighting situation that is irreparable, you can confront them and say, what's up? So maybe there is something going on that could be changed. Maybe uh, your partner is ashamed of something they don't want to bring up in the relationship. You know, what often happens is that kind of emotional shame uh, pulls people apart. And yet, uh, when couples are able to admit their weaknesses and talk about their uh, frailties, it often brings them closer together. Yeah, and at the same time, though, have you noticed with COVID and all of us being closer together and you know, not being able to leave each other's sides that this has come up a little bit more? Well, you know, COVID has, <laughs> <laughs> has kind of, it's like uh, mental problems on steroids, you know. Yes. It's, uh, in some ways, it's brought people closer together. Uh, you know, I've, I've benefited from that. I, before COVID, I did a lot of business travel. And, uh, you know, my relationships with my close family are much better because I've spent more time with them, and I really enjoy that. But for a lot of people, it hasn't been so good. Because, uh, you know, some of the underlying tensions in the relationships get worse. And, and those little things that annoy you about the person <laughs> uh, uh, become big things that annoy you. And there are ways to mitigate that. I mean, it's, it's great if, to have some alone time, uh, to take care of your physical and mental health, to live a healthy lifestyle, uh, to get some perspective on these things. 
you know, I think in any relationship, any intimate relationship, it's often en energized by uh, having friendships outside the couple. Yes. So you get perspective, you get some time alone, and you bring those other relationships back into the couple. It makes it more interesting. Yes, absolutely. I'm a big believer in as a couple you are friends, and you have to have friends outside of your couple as well because it's almost like too much togetherness and you need to bring in different perspectives because if the only perspective you have is each other, just you're either going to go crazy or you're going to get bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on the relationship. Some people yes. do well. <laughs> Some people <laughs> probably do well. For me, not so much. But <laughs> no, but I know... A lot of um, my friends, uh, I'm in this age group where everyone's getting married and moving in with their significant others. And it's funny because during COVID, it it really showed up how living with a boy or living with you know your significant other changed your perspective because you were together for so often. And it was just it, funny for all of my friends. It was like, oh. We moved in together and he just never puts his socks away and I just can't stand how he never puts his socks away or the way they brush their teeth is just so annoying and it's just funny how, you know, people's annoyances became a spotlight of, of lockdown. Well, you know, the reality <laughs> is, look, we go to school, we study uh, reading, writing, arithmetic, uh, we... Uh, go to school to drive a car, uh, to be a professional. You got to get a license and get educated or anything you do. But uh, who learns a curriculum to make a relationship work? You know? <laughs> and when you're single, the, the MO of many people, oh, he's annoying, she's annoying, I'm out of here. Yeah. And uh, I think COVID kind of pushed many relationships together quickly mm -hmm. because of the situation, how awkward it was to navigate meeting new people because of the uh, infection threat. But, you know, there there's some learning to do when it comes to getting along. And, and the guy who leaves his dirty socks out <laughs> <laughs> needs to understand it's not that much work to understand what triggers your girlfriend and makes her upset and and those little things can go a long way and and there's probably things that that she does oh, to sure. annoy him i'm sure like and nagging I, him to stop <laughs> leaving his socks leaving out. his socks out out of all the things <laughs> but i think also it it really encouraged communication and being able to talk about you know those little nuances and i think that's a a healthy way of dealing with you know these little annoyances is communicating it. Well, and I think that learning how to communicate effectively uh, takes some work and some skill. So, if, you know, the, the instinct we all, you know, we have, if you're in a relationship and the guy leaves his socks out again, uh, the first response is, you selfish idiot, how <laughs> could you do that? And that's only going to escalate him. A better approach, instead of attacking, is to talk about the feelings that that trigger brings up for you. So to say something like, you know, Bob, when you leave your socks out, it makes me feel helpless. It makes me feel alone, unheard. And that, you know, that might invite Bob to talk about 
how he feels when you know he's constantly being nagged about his socks and that begins the dialogue rather than escalates the argument so you wouldn't just take all the socks and just put them on his side of the bed in hopes that he realizes socks I would are be my dire- issue no i would no, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he'd get it <laughs> I, I you know he might but i doubt it for for most guys that leave their socks out like that and a lot of times the partner is not aware that yeah. he or she is doing something that is annoying to the other person. And it can be much more subtle. And unless you talk about that, they're not going to be aware of it. Yeah, I think that brings us back to to not being aware that you know some of your red flags are, are red flags yeah. in terms of really communicating and being like, look, you, know, you do this and it's, it, it hurts me. And being able to communicate that, one, it takes a strong person to do that. But at the same point, he might not even realize that it's, you know, maybe it's the way he speaks or the language he uses and how, you know. So, I mean, let's go back to the, you know, the the warning signs of an abusive relationship uh, where someone's jealous. Let's just take that. I mean, uh, if it's not severe jealousy or pathological jealousy, you know, you could use the same approach. You could say, uh, I'm not going to pick on Bob this time. <laughs> Scott, when, um, when you're jealous of, of my going out with my, you know, friends from college, you know, it, it makes me wonder why, why you're doing that. I mean, it makes me wonder about you. I mean, are, are you cheating on me? You know, it could be anything. It could yeah. be whatever feelings that brings up for you and to start the dialogue and Scott may say well you know I you know I had a bad my last relationship I didn't tell you what happened it was really hard for me where she cheated on me and I saw this and that just begins a healing process to try to understand that and maybe understand what triggers his jealousy specifically maybe you're going off and not telling him and coming back late you know, and he may say, well, I just want to know where you are. You know, I just worry about it because this was the pattern I saw in the last relationship. So use that as an opportunity to get closer rather than drive apart. Yeah, and to, and to understand your partner. I think it's important to, to understand, you know, hey, this is making them upset. And it's, it's really easy for you, for example, to, to just shoot them a text and let them know where you are. You know, it's... There's a lot of easy fixes in yes. the world, and yeah. sometimes it's as simple as that. Yeah, you know, I would say this: there, there's there's no shame in being abused. It can happen to almost anyone. Uh, there's no shame in reaching out for help, and the sooner you recognize a problem, you get out of the dangerous situation and get help, the sooner you can go on with your life. Thanks so much for being with us today, Doctor Small. Glad to be here. If you have a topic you'd like for us to cover, submit your ideas on hmh4u.org backslash podcast. Your suggestion could be included in the You Asked For It special episodes. The material provided through this Help You podcast is intended to be used as general information only and should not replace the advice of your physician. Always consult your physician for individual care.